1: Listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Big shout to Willie P. walking in, talking a little Super Bowl food. And thanks to Willie P. for saying that he actually defended my pigs in a blanket selection. <laughs> I had some of that this weekend. Yesterday, I ate more than my fair share of food in general, to be honest with you. But pigs in a blanket were a part of the menu. And so as far as the foods that were mentioned during our Super Bowl food draft <laughs> on Friday, your first draft you ever won. And I gave that just a bow to you because look,
2: no, I choked. That's what I said. First food draft, not the player draft. No, Thanksgiving food draft. We yeah, that's that. what i was saying. I said the first food draft that we had. No, we had, we had we've had we've had two food drafts. No, and but we, we've had a lot of drafts here, so we got to make sure we clarify for the people. I'm just I'm just saying you don't put L's on my name. Oh, well, I mean you I mean, you got smoking my packs.
1: I, you've got multiple L's. I've got one now. And I'm trying to really, I'm trying to be a good loser here. That's what I'm trying to do. Okay. And so I'm telling you that I did choke and I chose pigs in a blanket over potato skins, but I did still eat them because I do consider them to be somewhat of a staple at the Super Bowl party. But man, I ate a ton and I should have done exactly what you did. Wes, I should have worked out in the morning, but I didn't. And, uh, I'm struggling from it. Fiddy told me he could see my love handles through my jacket that I put on. And honestly, I can't even refute it.
2: Yeah, I had to make sure I earned it, man, because I know I was going to eat a crazy amount as well. So I said I'm going to do a brutal workout this morning to make sure that I earn
1: my food. How were you feeling during the workout? Was it rough? Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I had done that same workout twice already that week, and it was already pretty bad. I don't know. I'm kind of addicted to it. I kind of like Mm-hmm. Putting in the work, even though it hurts a little bit, yeah. But that workout pretty rough.
1: And what were you sipping on yesterday? Uh, whiskey. Okay, that was just a little bit of a Super Bowl drink. Yeah, same here. I, and Fitty, you were at the uh, you were at Carolina Ale House on Sunday or mm-hmm. yesterday to watch the Super Bowl. How was that?
0: It was good. I had uh, my food and drinks were comp, so I had eighteen buffalo wings and <laughs> oh, yeah. I had four white zombies and a shot of Patron. Okay, okay, shot of Patron. Who yeah. was giving you that? Uh, one of our sales reps showed up and and she, she treated us to a, to a nice drink and we all cheered and then celebrated the success of the viewing party, uh, last night during the game. All right.
1: Awesome stuff, man. That sounds pretty fun. Y'all were talk about pinky up. I was just drinking Yingling last night. That's all I really had.
0: You're a Yingling guy.
1: Love Yingling. It's my favorite. I mean, it's my favorite go-to beer. Yeah. I like Yingling. Yeah. I love Yingling. That's my favorite. Now, Bush Light is my favorite college beer of all time.
0: Even even over the Natties. Oh yes. I
1: had to to check in with you guys to see what everybody was eating last night. You did. Yeah, you you had to check in. The the best part, we had pulled pork sandwiches. I bought a ton of Chex wings, seventy five to be exact, twenty five different flavors a piece. Strawberry hot, my favorite flavor they got over there, and then just did honey barbecue and medium. But it was fantastic. So we had wings, we had pulled pork, we had all the dips in the world, we had pigs in a blanket, we had cupcakes. Oh God. I mean, it was it was a lot. I want to throw up a little bit, even if it was all great food.
2: (laughs) I had uh, Jim and Nick's wings and Jet's pizza and uh, (laughs) some uh, bourbon pecan pie. So you had sweet potato pie. So did
1: you stick true to your whole meal draft?
2: Like you were getting? Did you get brats as well? I hadn't had no. I I hadn't had pizza in a little while, and I had been wanting it Mm -hmm. because I was kind of contemplating between because Mm -hmm. I just watched the game. It was just me and my girl last night. But a lot of times, I don't have big parties i'm not a super bowl party guy at right. all so um yeah i was deciding between barbecue and pizza and so i was like well i was like that's a lot i said i'll probably just pick one because for one i didn't want to be running to a bunch of places either right so i said no nah, let's just do um get my wings from there mm-hmm. and then get the pizza all
1: right we had a salty pirate wrote in the garage door guru text line 704-570-9610 pigs in a plant. uh ki- excuse me pigs in a blanket <laughs> were ranked as North Carolina's number one Super Bowl food. Meatballs wow. voted number one in South Carolina. I had both on my list. I drafted both of them. See, I'm I had to represent for the Carolinas, I 100%. See, yeah. Now, this is the other thing we need to get to as well. Rihanna's halftime. Show. Yes. So, Rihanna comes out. I expected Run This Town. I just felt like that's a great intro song. I expected that to be the opener. Mm-hmm. But instead, it's blank better have my money. Right. And it was a banger as soon as she starts singing. Uh And then we're all thinking the same thing, though, immediately. She rubs her belly and the girls at the Super Bowl party, they all lost it because they knew exactly what kind of subliminal, quote unquote, not so subliminal message that was. Rihanna, pregnant, uh, balling out there, uh, singing all of the big time hits that she's ever had a part of her career. What did you think of the Super Bowl halftime?
2: Yeah, at first, because I knew that, you know, Rihanna had uh, put on some of the baby weight, which was great. I had no complaints about that. And so coming into it, I was like, okay, I wonder, did she train for this? Cause I know she hadn't been on tour in a while and things like that. So she comes out with watching it. And I knew when she started doing the one dance move with just her foot, when she was just swinging it <laughs> out like that, I said, wait, I, now I'm a huge Rihanna fan. I have a yeah. Rihanna playlist that has like almost 60 some odd songs. I love Rihanna. Yeah, she's fantastic. But, When I saw that, I know she's not known to be a great dancer, but I was like, I know that she does dance, which she did last night, but she was doing a lot of moves that were commiserate with her situation. And so when I saw that one move with just a foot, I said, wait a minute. I said, something isn't right here. And then uh, my girlfriend was like, yeah, she's like, I see. First, she was like, I see a gut under her thing. So I was like, dang. I said, I guess she didn't prepare for this. But then once she kept moving and grooving, it was apparent Mm -hmm. that she was uh, pregnant.
1: I thought the set list was very good, though.
2: Oh, for she, I mean, she, her music is very up-tempo. She very rarely makes a ton of ballads; Like, she makes them, but those are mostly album cuts. She's got a couple in there, like um, Take a Bow and stuff like that. But she wasn't going to do those. Most of her music is up-tempo, energy type of stuff. So you knew she had a great selection of songs and features to choose from. And she chose very well. I thought it was very good. I like the halftime show. I don't think it's like top
1: five of all time. I would say that, but I thought it was very good. I I really liked it and enjoyed it quite a bit. And uh, clearly last year is the one where a lot of people are holding it into comparison because we got to see Dr. Dre. We got to see Snoop Dogg. We got Mm -hmm. to see so many different people make their appearance. And so last year was very good. I thought Rihanna did a good job this year as well. Let's talk a little bit more about the game where Mm -hmm. we both said the number one storyline is Pat Mahomes winning his second Super Bowl and second Super Bowl MVP. The Chiefs win 38 to 35 over Philadelphia. And now the question is, what kind of trajectory is Pat Mahomes on? Is it destined for him to become the greatest of all time? That's what Mike Greenberg is saying, how he is on pace to be that star. He is clearly on a pace, on a trajectory, to be as good as anybody, if not better, than anyone we've ever seen. And I will say this. I believe if he he announced today his retirement, and, and don't get me wrong, he's not doing that. But if he were to announce today, you know what? This was fun, but we're done here, guys. He'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer. After five years, he's played six total. He's only actually been on the field for five of them. He would be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Completely agree, and that's exactly why he is on pace. To do what he's already accomplished with just in the five years that you've had as a starter it's unbelievable what he's been able to accomplish. And the eye test tells the story, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, what he does, throwing sidearm, no-look passes, even the Super Bowl that he lost, he was throwing on the dart while being parallel with the ground. I mean, even in losses, Pat Mahomes looks astonishing. And for him to have some of the numbers, the titles that people are going to need to call you the GOAT, he is on that pace right now, and there's no doubt about
2: it. Yeah, I mean, he throws 78%. Uh, He just absolutely carved up the Eagles defense. The yards weren't eye-popping when you talk about just him being less than 200 yards, but he was still very efficient and uh, was very surgical with what he did do to that defense. But if you just project, like I said, and you never know what the future holds, but he's only 27 years old. So when you talk about the fact that he would more than likely play another 10 seasons. Well, he's already been to five AFC Championship games. He's already been to three Super Bowls. So what type of damage do you think that he could do inside of the next decade if he so chooses to play that long? You would think that on the low end, let's just say he would probably get to another two or three AFC Championship games and probably another Super Bowl or two. And that's just on the low end. So, I mean, you're looking at a guy that could finish his career Um, really chasing after Brady and maybe accomplishing close to, if not besting, uh, his Super Bowl championship total uh, because he's just going to have so many cracks at it, has had so many already, and made good on two. Because last night was important now. Don't get it twisted. No, it it was. If he loses this game, he goes into Aaron Rodgers' territory where he's super talented, monster in the regular season, but when he gets to that big game, something's missing. Okay, because the two Super Bowls before that, he was two touchdowns, four interceptions. So let's not forget that either. So he was in territory last night where he was walking that fine line between greatness and people starting to be a little bit dismissive. You would start to hear overrated. Would you would have started it. to hear a lot of stuff about him had he lost that game last night. But I think it's well-deserved. We judge quarterbacks. I judge quarterbacks a lot by wins and losses on top of what you do statistically. And for Patrick Mahomes, if he would have choked in that game last night and not played well and they lost – I think all of those questions would have been valid.
1: The problem is, even if they, even if Jalen Hurts does come down the field and win that game, it would not have been because Pat Mahomes didn't play well. It was Kansas City's defense was not great in this one either. They sure. got dominated by the offensive line sure. and the running game strictly really from Jalen Hurts. Sure. And so that's why I would have come in here today had Jalen Hurts led Philadelphia down the field after Pat Mahomes set up a field goal or what would have been a touchdown, mm-hmm. right, if they scored that, then I would have been, I would have been furious to hear some of the discourse surrounding Pat Mahomes. Oh, well, he didn't win despite Pat Mahomes on that bum ankle too, playing a remarkable game. And I would have been furious, but he didn't. And this is why, like, this is it. Do you go to pro football reference and see the ring next to his name that specific season? And if you do, then that's all people need to give guys credit. And while I don't need it, To give Pat Mahomes that credit, I'm glad that he has it so we don't have to have this conversation. If you go to Tom Brady, because that's the guy we're going to compare him to quite a bit. 2001, Tom Brady comes in as the starter, wins the Super Bowl. 03, the next postseason run that he has against Carolina. We know he wins the Super Bowl. The following year, wins the Super Bowl with Philadelphia. The interesting thing about Tom Brady and that New England Patriots team, you have to go a long way before he actually wins another one, right? He gets to the game against the Giants um, with an undefeated regular season, but you lose the one game and it's the big one. And that's at 30, by the way. So Tom Brady, you know, has to wait a little while. He gets in there, but then loses. Then loses again to the Giants, right, in 2012. And then you finally get another Super Bowl win from him in that Seahawks contest. That's 2014. I mean, Mm -hmm. you go a decade without winning another one. And so Pat Mahomes... If we're talking about him just winning what, like he's got to win another one because Brady took care of three immediately upon stepping into the league. He wins another one in the next two years. Is he on even a better pace than Tom Brady, considering a lot of what Tom Brady did was at the like back half after 30 of his career as far as him winning those other championships?
2: Yeah, I I do think so. And a lot is going to go into that. And like you said, the NFL is such an unforgiving game. There's no guarantee you're going to get there every year. We know that you're not going to get there every year. Fitty pointed out the fact that we haven't had a back-to-back championship uh, team since the Patriots in the early 2000s. It's very hard to do. Teams catch up to what you're doing. Teams gear up for what you're doing. Teams... Start to build their personnel to stop you, and if you're a team in the AFC, you have to build your team to be able to deal with the Chiefs uh, at this point and what it is that they bring from an offensive and defensive standpoint. So, um, but yeah, if, if he's able to get that third in the next year or two, he's definitely uh, cooking with gas. I mean, next season, not to mention the brutal schedules that you have to go through when you win a Super Bowl, you play the first place schedule, you play all the 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 best teams, and he's got quarterbacks in the AFC that are breathing down his neck when you talk about uh, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. So the, the level of competition for him uh, is up there. you got the Justin Herbers. There are a lot of guys that are chasing Mahomes at this point.
1: That That's what makes this year from Pat Mahomes even more incredible. Now, granted, a lot of this was expectations based because of how we all perceived the AFC West. The Raiders were not like that. Even the Chargers. The Chargers were good enough to make the playoffs, but they weren't setting the league on fire like a lot of us had kind of guessed, and we know just how poorly it went for Denver. And so that matters, but you're talking about a lot of really good teams in the AFC. The AFC was where it was at, talking about Cincinnati, even Buffalo. Granted, I know a lot of people don't believe in Buffalo as much as others. Buffalo's still a good team, and so you're going through what was a gauntlet in that conference. Yeah. And still— still pat mahomes goes through everybody in the afc and what was pretty clearly the best team in the nfc all along like this is not one of those oh eagles they suffered an upset maybe you're gonna go with san francisco that's fine but hey jalen hurts jalen hurts i'll I'll say this he's better than any quarterback that san francisco has and i think with him in that super bowl championship jalen Hurts showed you that and so i think that when you knock down philadelphia on top of all the afc teams. Yeah, I have no problem saying they're the best team in the NFC.
2: Well, he had a pedestrian game against the Niners. But anyway, we'll see what it's they do they next year. They're going to play a uh, second, yeah, 290 yards, less than four yards of play. Anyway. So uh, we'll see wow. what they do next year with the, you know, when they play a second place schedule and then not playing an easy schedule next. Year. Anyway, I, I don't want to talk about that. You, you're taking me to a bad place. You did. You no, you did what you like I said better than any quarterback the 49ers have. The guy that you wouldn't even put in the top six. Am I wrong? So now you like? Jaylen I'm just asking. Hurts. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Okay, I give Jalen Hurts his credit. Unlike other people on the show, I did. I gave him. You the know, you sixth put the guy six, six in mm-hmm. the game. The man went out and was. You could have argued that he was the most dominant player on the field because really, when you look at it from a statistical standpoint, the man had four touchdowns, 370 100%. plus total yards, but you had him six. That,
1: that's fine. I, I'll tell you this: I would have put Jimmy G, Trey Lance, Tom right. Purdy. Yeah, I would put them like thirtieth.
2: Where you go. Well, you're a Panthers <laughs> fan, and I don't want to start, you know, smoking hey, that be, Panthers pack on here no, on, on the radio. But see, so. y'all
1: try this. This is what this is what has happened. Uh huh. I understand what it is with Carolina. Uh-huh. You ain't gonna upset me by saying Sam Darnold is thirty seventh. <laughs> You're not getting upset well, me at I at I all with that. Well, y'all don't have a quarterback right now. Either. You're right. You're absolutely right. Brock Purdy, I'll give you that. And I'm not Brock saying that better a than thing. any QB that we have in Carolina right now. There's uh, uh, no, about bro. Him. Right. Yeah, yes. He is saying that.
2: But yeah, so. Um,
1: shave that beard. And you but yeah, stop
2: so it. like I said, though, Mahomes is in a class of his own, and I love the fact that he's got great competition amongst his peers, so. We're going to love to see how it's going to go.
1: All right. Speaking of the Carolina Panthers, we can maybe get a little bit into the coaching staff with them as well. Plus, I do want to talk about Julius Peppers, Hall of Fame eligible next season. Is it a no-brainer that he is a first ballot Hall of Famer? We'll get to that in just a moment. Two more segments to go. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
3: Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy, Only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba.
2: We're back. The Wes and Walker Show, Sports Radio 927, WFNZ. Hit us up on the Garage Door Guru text line, 704 570 9610. And hit us up on Twitter, Wesson Walker. Uh, I'm not going to spell it, Like I said, you should have paid attention to English.
1: Are we Are we stopping spelling? We the t- are we, no, moving we on stopping. to a different era? No, we're not. It's just not we're today. Not. We had too much today. to drink yeah, and eat yeah. like, yesterday. We're not done doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Schoolwork. Right. I got gotcha.
2: you. I feel like we got an infusion of some new tracks. Did we? we did well. We definitely did with life in the
1: fast lane. Not a whole lot of eagles we've been playing, and then we yeah. got ready for Is this Adam some Alexander. A hundred percent personal ones. Did, did you want to put some that classic rock in there a little bit more? So
0: yeah, I just went back to. I mean, Walker, you should remember a lot of this music. This was Charlotte Sports Today music. Whenever you were doing your tryouts, rolling in for hosting. So I just went back to it. Give up a little change of pace here on the show. I right. like it. Yeah, I mean. Life in the Fast Lane for a NASCAR segment, that's
1: just classic good old producer. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is what you go with. No doubt with.
2: about it. Dynamic, is the kids
1: like to say. Okay, dynamic. That's right. That's just dynamic producing. Well, and, that's a and great.
0: tomorrow we got Valentine's Day music I'm going to be playing?
1: Yeah, I'm really excited. I got to tell you, to be honest with you, <laughs> like Valentine's playlist, that is what I get excited for by far the most of any music playing day in the radio world. We're going to be playing some Keith Sweat. We're going to get you a lot of that love making music on here. And I'm sorry if it makes you uncomfortable, but we're bringing you the Valentine's (laughs) Day. I'm bringing all that stuff. That's what's up. I'm ready for it. All
2: right. Well, dynamic actually is a good word though. When we talk about uh, our next topic, because we've been talking about Panthers coaching staff, NFL draft coming up because it's right upon us. When you talk about combine and things of that nature, the NFL season is never over now, but Josh McCowns was on the show scheme and made some glowing comments about CJ Stroud and compared him to a certain NFL star. Fiddy, let's uh hear that sound from Mr. McCown. Love to do comps, especially when we project him in the draft and especially the draft gurus like yourself. Okay. And we want to go who who does he project? Who who when I'm when I'm communicating with somebody, who can I tell you that he is like? So it
1: it'll it'll it'll, it'll 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 you know it'll quickly get you in that mindset of, of, of where I think he
2: is as a player. So physically Without doing the deep dive of, you know, who he is as a person, and, and, and talking to his coaches, and getting to know really C.J. Stroud all, all the way around physically, as I watch him, I think his skill set is very similar to Joe Burrow. Okay, I think that would be the guy in the NFL, and you know, fellow fellow one-time Buckeye, that, that I would look at and go, okay, he he about same size, same frame, uh, same kind of uh, arm talent, moves the same way physically. I'm not sure what he sees as far as frame. I don't think they look the same in their uniform. I think Joe Burrow is a lot thicker uh, than C.J. Stroud is as far as size-wise. So I don't know if I would necessarily agree with that. But like I said, he's been an NFL quarterback for quite some time.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I I like the comparison if you're going to go with him, yeah. right? And clearly, Josh McCown likes him, which makes a little bit – of sense and maybe makes more sense if you're going to go after him because now he's a part of the coaching staff here. So do you put a lot of power behind Josh McCown being on the coaching staff and also him having the soundbite out there about a potential quarterback they could draft? Like how much authority, how much, I guess, reasoning, or should we put behind maybe the Panthers being linked to him now?
2: Yeah, um, I'm not sure if necessarily he was brought in for that reason, but I think his comp on him is glowing, and I think this is a guy that for sure is going to be in the corner of those who want To pick him, there's a long way to go in this process. I'm sure they've already started to look at tons of college quarterbacks. They've been talking to the scouts to see who they like, what they think. And so uh, it's interesting that he comes out and say that. I can see some comparisons as far as, you know, how they get the ball out. I think Burrow has that quick release. And when you look at Stroud last season, the top 20 passes in terms of deep passing completion percentage, He's one of eight to get the ball out on average under three seconds. It's time to throw on those passes. 2.89 seconds, six hundredths of a second faster than he had logged a previous season so that's that's one comparison i can see with those two having that quick release yeah i can buy in to be
1: honest with you because i don't think you look at joe burrow or cj stroud as what i've called a terminator qb like i think you see that more with an anthony richardson body with maybe even a will levis who has the rocket arm josh allen justin herbert Mm -hmm. you don't have the terminator qb when you're talking about either one of these guys but they both have mobility and they don't use it a ton, at least as far as being a rushing-type quarterback. Joe Burrow, very athletic, absolutely can move out of the pocket, but he's going to do a lot of his damage within the pocket. Same thing with C.J. Stroud. So I think Stroud is exactly that type of of hype as well. Strong enough arms, but it's not like they're throwing the ball 80 yards downfield, but still have strong arms. And so, yeah, I think think there's a lot that does make sense here when you're comparing a C.J. Stroud to a Joe Burrow. Now, clearly, Joe Burrow it has reached the 100 percentile of whatever that frame entails. So if you could get that from CJ, hell yeah. Like, it, you're you're amazing at this point if you have that draft pick that hits in that way. And so we'll see what happens there, but I don't mind the comparison.
2: Do you see that these comments solidifying that the Panthers will draft him and do whatever it takes to go and get him? I mean— You're not going to have Josh McCown
1: affect your draft decision that much Mm -hmm. to where, oh, okay, McCown loves him. Let's do everything we can to go get him. But, Wes, it does seem like every little thing that pops up about their interest in a QB, the pile's getting pretty big now. And it feels like Carolina is going to draft a quarterback, whether they draft one at nine, whether they trade up and go get Stroud if they're by any crazy thing that happened before the draft actually takes place, maybe Bryce young is there. I don't know, but it does seem like every little thing we talk about, there's lots of, this is pointing towards drafting a QB that's pointing towards drafting a QB. Yeah. That that's what I'd place my money on right now. If you were to ask me to bet on what position they'll draft,
2: does it have to be CJ Stroud in your opinion? Do they, can they go in other directions and you will feel good about it? Or is CJ Stroud, the only prospect you would feel good about
1: i'd feel best about bryce young and cj stroud evenly so Yeah, okay. they seem to have less risk than will Levis and anthony richardson but i'll tell you this as we go up to the draft process the numbers it, that's what happens with these athletic qbs the numbers only get better they only get more eye-popping the film might not because that's the film that's already said and done you can't do anything else there but when we talk about the combine we talk about pro days We talk about the underwear Olympics, as people like to call it. Mm -hmm. The athletes are who benefit a lot from that. And then especially if they show off their accuracy in some of those moments. Remember what happened with Malik Willis. Now, I guess he didn't get drafted high, but we were all talking crazy about Malik Willis after a couple of his workouts that were televised. So, yeah, I, I actually think. Will Levis and Anthony Richardson are going to be held in higher regard as this off season goes on. I've just seen it too many times.
2: Correct. You know, the story when they get into the workouts and they make throws, their stock is going to skyrocket. And that's the thing that kills me. It's like, how do you not just watch the tape and pretty much go off of that? And I wonder what staffs across the NFL go by the tape the most. Like there has to be some franchises that they're like, okay, the workout, it's a part of the equation, but it's a small part. We go mostly off of tape. And I think some of the better organizations in the NFL probably do do that. They don't worry about taking guys based off. Like you look at the Baltimore Ravens. Like a great example of that was Terrell Suggs. And, um, you know, he came, and this is the guy that is not going to blow you away as far as the athletic profile. Yeah, the athletic him. profile. But they knew when they watched that tape, He gets after the quarterback. That's what we want.
1: See, and I know it seems trendy for people to say that, oh, I don't care about the combine. All I care about is what you put on tape, and that's it. It's fun to watch. But I I think that stuff matters, to be honest with you. I think the combine, and Josh Norris would always talk about it, and he's put it out on Twitter a lot, athletics, athleticism matters in athletics. Like, I, I think when you're talking about combine testing, you see it a lot at the end of these drafts. For instance, Isaiah Pacheco, that dude can fly. He's also a powerhouse. But his film wasn't amazing at Rutgers. But look at what this guy has been doing this entire season. Dude was undrafted as a running and back. see,
2: that's who I think it helps the most. I think it helps the, the lower end, middle of the pack prospects or maybe kind of if you're trying to decide if a guy belongs or different things like that. But a lot of the top guys that we see every Saturday and stuff, I don't need to know how fast CJ Stroud is. I don't need to see him do three cone. I don't need to see that stuff. I know when I watch the tape, can he ball? Does he ball out against the best teams? Yes, he does. That's all I need to know. I don't, I can't stay when they get caught up on a guy who didn't do much in college and is a workout warrior and then they get enamored by that and then reach on a selection. Those are the worst. Like if a guy's tape is not popping, but he comes out and has a spectacular workout, to me, that's even more of a red flag. And, you know, I don't want him. Well,
1: Rashawn Gary is an example I go to. Where Rashawn Gary was not crazy productive at Michigan.
2: No, not with especially considering his, his pedigree coming out of high school. Yeah, not productive, but a freak athlete. And Rashawn Gary
1: has improved so much yes. in the NFL where he is a monster on the defensive yes. line now. Yes. And I remember talking with some pro football focus guys that are part of their draft coverage and saying, yeah, this is this is the quintessential intersection of – oh my God, that's so much athleticism. Why is the production not mm-hmm. matching it when I watch film? And then just depends on what side of the Venn diagram you fall on. Like, I think eventually it's going to all intermingle to the point where he is a good player. But i, I that's why I think that stuff matters. Because if you just go off of the tape and you never do any testing of Rashawn Gary then you don't draft them. And then you miss out on what is absolutely a worthwhile first round pick. Like I look, you can get fooled by it. It's all about your evaluation. That's why the draft is a guessing game. You never know what's going to happen, but I do think that you miss out on a lot of that. And I totally subscribe to the theory of drafting athletes from like the fifth round later, because that's where you can get some guys that can compete with the right coaching. If they buy in and you have somebody running a four, four, but wasn't out here going crazy productive in college. You coach him the right way. Maybe you get those skills to show out.
2: Yeah, and see, that's that's who a lot of coaches. Because I feel like more times than not, those guys don't end up making it. You end up missing on a lot of those type of guys that the tape does not match up to the athleticism. Um, yeah, you may hit on a Rashawn Gary, which is rare when you get a guy like that that didn't show up to what you thought they would be and then had an excellent workout. And you see the athleticism. I feel like more times than not, uh, you fail – with with that type of thinking. I think a lot of the guys who end up being uh, really good players in the NFL, you know, the tape from college kind of shows you that. And I think a lot of times that gets lost uh, in the process. So you had another point? Yeah, well, I had a question. Like, So here we are talking about just outright
1: completely changing your opinion. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's where the combine does a disservice to people. Mm-hmm. If, if you have someone that wasn't productive mm-hmm. and then the only reason you want to draft them is the athletic testing. Okay, cool. That's mm-hmm. a little harder to buy into. But let's go to a couple of pa- Carolina Panthers examples. One being Brian Burns. Mm-hmm. Productive at Florida State. Very. Film was great. Mm-hmm. also a freak athlete, mm-hmm. and the dude tested like that. Mm-hmm. Can you allow that athletic testing to enhance your opinion of someone that puts it out there on the field, or do you not even care? It's all about well,
2: the Well, if they're already a, a, a baller and then their workout is crazy, then that does enhance it. That, that's, yeah, my, but, that's my question. How but, much do you read But for the it? most part, I'm still going to be like, that dude was putting up double digit sack seasons at FSU. He dominated against NFL tackles that I think he'll see at the next level. I see this, 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 and this. And that doesn't mean they're gonna be finished products just because they have great tape. But I just know that I want a guy that is a gamer. That when it's time to turn the lights on, he's gonna play. I don't I don't care if you you know, that's that's been my thing. Look at look at the mistake I feel like that the Jaguars made at the top of the draft last year. Trayvon Walker. I mean, yeah, you know he he had some okay moments this year, but how you draft him over a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, it blows my mind. And they get caught up in the workouts, in the height, speed, weight ratio, and they made the wrong selection. Aiden Hutchinson's tape was all that, a bag of chips, a drink, a sandwich, whatever else you want to put with Bakes it. In a blanket, and it no showed doubt. up on the field. You see it. Now, he is a really good athlete as well. But I just don't know how you make that type of mistake. And it's because people get caught up. The guy that's at the top of the draft for them this year, I forget what his name is, the D tackle. I mean, the guy. Jaylen Carter. Yeah, Jalen Carter. His numbers, it's not there. Well, I mean, yeah. It's not there. And then now he's going to end up, if the but Bears in, keep but, that pick. But his
0: impact is there. Just because he's not racking up double digit no, numbers man. of sacks and TFLs, his impact is felt on that Georgia defensive
2: line. Nah. No. No. Nah. Hell. Nah. Because the numbers don't show that. You're not an All-American like that. You're not... That's what I'm saying. I want guys that are productive. You could be as athletic as you want, and you can make plays amongst other great players on that D-line. But he was not dominant in my opinion. I didn't watch Georgia games, and he was making play after play after play after so, play. No, I'm not taking I,
1: him number one. I guess my question is, too, like, Derek Brown was very highly regarded, but it's not like you look him up and see, oh, my God, there's so many fantastic stats for him. I mean, he had four sacks. But he's now, an
2: interior defensive tackle, though, so it's a little bit different in your evaluation of those guys.
1: So it, it matters because he's a run stuffer more so, and you're saying That's Jalen Carter saying. is going to be drafted to be a pass rusher?
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Interior defensive lineman, you got to kind of... Now, college, I do hope that you have... Maybe it depends on what I want to use you for, but as an interior D lineman, I want to see you at least seven, eight, nine sacks somewhere in, in that room.
0: In the SEC, though? Yeah, man. You're, you're what what, did, Trayvon... That's, that's what, what
1: you... did
2: Trayvon Walker do this year? Let me know.
1: But also, yeah, I mean... It, it's true. He didn't have that many. He had three in 2021, Jalen Carter did, and he had three sacks this past
2: That's season. That's what I'm saying. I'm not drafting that number one overall.
0: Okay, but would the Georgia linebackers been
2: as effective without him on the field? That's fine, but I ain't taking them number one. Those are second, third round, fourth round type of production. I want a dude that produces... Give me a cat that's making plays. I don't want to hear about his potential, the fact that he was playing with all these other guys that were taking up the plays. No, I want the guy that was making the plays. I don't want – now, you know, guys that picked in the 5th, 6th, 7th, undrafted free agent guys, that's fine. But Aiden Hutchinson was dominant. The numbers showed it. The analytics showed it. I'm not taking Trayvon Walker over a guy like that just because he played with other good players in the SEC and he made a play every now and again. I want the guy that's consistently making plays and his stats and his tape show that.
1: Well he was a I mean he was a first team All American this year though, right? Ooh. I mean Jalen Carter was.
2: Yeah, because he's getting all this gas from the media about because he <laughs> plays on the Georgia defensive line.
0: Maybe he's the best defensive player on the best defensive team no. and the best team in Three college sacks football. ain't the
1: best. Sorry. So I who was on that on that side.
2: I don't know, but it ain't three sacks. Okay. <laughs> yeah. One of you had so, six sacks. I mean that's that's a little bit better but still at the end of the day he didn't have that he had 3. And when I watch games yeah he made plays but it wasn't just utter dominance especially for interior defensive lineman because you have to worry about work ethic, you have to worry about motor with interior defensive linemen. And that's that's just a fact. I, I if you're not Warren Sapp and Dominique Sioux level in college, I don't want you as an interior defensive lineman. Well, I mean you went with one of the most. I mean, you yeah. know. No, but I'm just saying those guys that are productive, that play with motor that are making plays consistently, game records. That's the
0: Tennessee game, right?
2: Yeah, but that's one game. That was you the had biggest sacks. game of the regular season. You had three and sacks, bro. You're not a game record, homie. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> and let me make sure I pull up the TFN. 16 tackles, three sacks. Come on, fam. That ain't, nah. You getting gas because you play for Georgia and you athletic and big.
0: We had a
1: phone. And when he, he gets the to the league,
2: reference. and when he gets to the league, you won't hear from him anymore. Okay. Well, all right. Well, you got the tape. <laughs> you <laughs> we'll got see. it. No, we'll, just we'll like see. Trayvon Walker. Let me know when he does something. I mean, he was all right this year. I all right, know. that's what I'm saying. For the number one overall pick, he was just his first all right. Season. How good was Aiden Hutchinson? Uh, he was. I yeah, mean, he, he was... looks like a monster in the making. I, I guess. <laughs> I, I yeah, I know he a lot does. Of people at the beginning of the. Oh, oh, well, you got it. <laughs> like, I mean, he did. it Am I capping here? Am I capping? Uh, no, Aiden. Aiden looks very good. Yeah, you're quicker to write Man, guys on. He had 18 and a half tackles for loss and six sacks for his career. It's guys that do that in a season. I ain't taking that number one.
1: All right. You want to go to the 50 but flash? But y'all can.
2: 50 right. flash, let's go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, dog. Uh, Major
0: <laughs> League Baseball is making a once temporary rule permanent as in all regular season extra inning games. A runner will be placed on second base to begin the 10th inning and in every subsequent extra inning after that until a, winning or a winner is determined first conceived during the pandemic to protect to protect pitchers arms and to continue through last year's shortened spring training because of the lockout the league is making it permanent as teams and players seem to approve of the rule guys you know me i am a what's the word i'm looking for here a traditionalist yes i'm chotch. a baseball traditionalist maybe a chotch maybe i'm <laughs> maybe i am a traditionalist chotch i way don't way. like this rule west will exclude you because we know you hate baseball Walker, what do you think?
1: Um, Here's the thing for me. I'm kind of with you as far as what I feel. But at the same time, baseball has to make some pretty radical changes in order to get eyes back on that product. Yeah. And if you're talking about shortening the game, which is a big problem, I want it to be shorter. I want there to be more action. And if you are telling me there's going to be more action by placing a runner on second base, then that is the kind of radical change that I might want from baseball. There are so many different people that are going to be out there saying, well, if you don't like it, don't watch it. Well, that's the thing. They're not they're following your advice, and so you don't have to. But we want baseball. You honestly, as a fan, should want those people to tune in if you want your sport to still remain at some point in the hierarchy of what is the most popular sports in all of America. And so I don't mind this radical change.
2: Yeah, me too. And if baseball did make some of those changes to make the game shorter, I definitely would watch uh, more games and not sleep through them. But when we come back, we're going to do our Black History Sports <laughs> Hero of the Day as the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 that We're back, the Wes and Walker Show, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ, and this is your black history sports hero of the day. A lot was made, and rightly so, of the two African-American quarterbacks that started in the Super Bowl yesterday and gave us that fantastic matchup that we've been talking about all day. But I'm going to tell you about the first, and he couldn't be more appropriately named, Willie Thrower, the NFL's first black quarterback. (laughs) Fantastic Listen, name. He became the first African-American quarterback in NFL history on October 18, 1953, when he replaced George Blanda in a loss to my 49ers. They were even my 49ers back then at Wrigley Field. He was born on March 20, 1930 in New Kensington, Pennsylvania. He was a running back at Valley High School and switched to quarterback at Michigan State and was part of the Spartans' national championship team as a senior in 1952. He went 5'11", 170 pounds, but he had huge hands and a rocket for an arm. In college, he was called upon during kickoff drills and practice to heave the ball downfield because he could throw the ball so far with accuracy. He died of a heart attack on February 20, 2002 at the age of 71 and in 2006 a statue of thrower was unveiled at his high school to celebrate his accomplishments so salute to willie thrower the nfl's first african american quarterback helping pave the way for the two young men who shine like diamonds shout out to rihanna <laughs> yeah, big shout i don't know out. why she didn't do that one last night but uh yeah i think shout- she did did she not She She did diamonds? I think so. Yeah, yeah, she did.
0: DC? Yeah, that was one. I was like in Colin's ear, just
2: belting the lyrics to it. Wow, okay. Alright, well, yeah. Well, shout out to her. So shout shout out, out to Willie Thrower.
1: Absolutely. By the way, interesting too, just kind of looking this stuff up as you as you go along with mm-hmm. it. George Taliaferro, did you see this? So, George yeah. Taliaferro, an Indiana great, he played quarterback among his seven positions in the NFL from 51 to 55. Yeah. Crazy. But it was Willie Thrower, as you mentioned, that was the first exclusive quarterback to be an African-American in 1953, becoming that trailblazer you talked about. So interesting there. right? And they said he
2: didn't like uh, not getting credit for being the first African-American quarterback, so he probably wouldn't have liked what you had to say just now.
1: But we are giving it to him here on Wes and
2: Walker. (laughs) So (laughs) all the shouts in the world to (laughs) Willie
1: Thrower, one of the best names of all time. Oh man, you couldn't have a more fitting
2: name for a
1: position. Uh, No, you could not. All right, thanks to uh, Wes for giving us the Black History Sports Hero of the day. Let's now visit what's going on tap here tonight. I have a couple of basketball teams um, on display Big game. We'll go to NBA real quickly. The Charlotte Hornets, they will be hosting the Atlanta Hawks at 7 p.m. Not a big game. Mark Williams playing in what is going to be his third start against Atlanta. So, new look Charlotte Hornet team after the trade deadline where we saw Jalen McDaniels traded. We saw Mason Plumlee traded as well. Atlanta not going with a ton of movement. They did not. Every year
2: it seems like it's the same guys for them that come up and chase Capella and uh, my man from Wake Forest that I'm forgetting his name right John now, Collins. John Collins. John Collins. Yeah, has been every year five seems times. like he's gonna be traded, and they're still right there in that Hawks red and white. hundred
1: yeah, percent. So you do have that, and you can listen to that game right here, Sports Radio ninety two seven WFNZ. I imagine that both of you, though, because of your ties to the ACC Digital Network, that's right, and Fiddy's ties to his beloved university, North Carolina, the Tar Heels, will be hosting Miami tonight on ESPN. Tip also set for seven p.m. Let's go around the room quickly. What do you think happens in this game between the Heels and the Hurricanes? Huge win for North Carolina against Clemson, both in quantity, the margin of victory by 20 points against a good team. Can they keep it rolling at home again against a very good Miami squad?
2: Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Carolina. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt here. I think that they've had a turning point in their season. I say they get it done.
1: What do you think, Fitty? Is Is this – because to me, if they lose – I mean, it's almost messing with my emotions even more so, the fact that they would have that game against Clemson and then they lose to Miami. Yeah. I mean, you would feel almost worse because then you would have just given up had something happened to Clemson. But now that you had the 20-point victory and then you would drop one here against the Canes, depending on how bad they look, that would be really bad for all Heels fans. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, first off, Miami's a better team than Clemson. That's evident as they beat Clemson on their home court. Jim Laranega knows how to coach against this Carolina program. I've got the heels, though. They're at home. They know what's on stake tonight because they got a really tough game on Sunday at NC State. I think we saw the the true potential of this team for the first time on Saturday. i got the heels at home. I do, too. I'm going to
1: have North Carolina. I just think I, I wonder if some of the rumors, maybe they're silly, maybe they're not. But Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, they addressed some of the beef that had been surrounding them put on by outsiders. And I don't know how true it is, but they've been handling it pretty well, in my opinion. Like, how well do you guys think that they've been handling it? Do you think that some of it seems a little suspect? Or the way they're acting, do you think, okay, well, maybe everybody missed the
2: mark here? I, I feel like two guys that are friends maybe that may have been with the same woman. I think that maybe they came Come together. Up, really? I mean, that was the rumor. Uh-huh. So I'm just saying and maybe they—that's
0: they, that's
1: all it was. Maybe
2: they came together and they just said, "Look, neither one of us was feeling it like that anyway, so let's on with the season."
0: All right, what are you, you're saying it's all a rumor? Yeah, I listened to a sister podcast of your network, the Locked On Tar Heels podcast, hosted Crib. by my dude Isaac Shade, Crib. who had uh, you know sources close to the program. He said, <laughs> "Look, did Caleb Love like Deja Kelly when they were freshmen? Yes." But that's all it was. It was a crush. She told Caleb, I'm not interested. Her and RJ keeping their relationship kind of, you know, quiet and off social media. But then those douchebag Duke students went and started a rumor. And that's all it was. That's all it is. What was on those signs? There's no truth to the to the situation. We just flat out went with
1: some of the details that you heard. We just flat out went with it. We like the sports it. drama here. 100%. Yes, we do. And we just went with it there. So I agree. I do think North Carolina take care, takes care of business. I do think that the players meeting that they all had, where even Armando Baycott was calling everybody out, if you want to quit, fine, then leave. They did not quit against Clemson. We saw a good game from Caleb Love. R.J. Davis did shoot the ball well from three. And Armando gave you the, the double-double that he is, a walking double-double. So some good performances from your top three players, plus Puff Johnson giving you some good minutes. I know a lot of Heels fans have been wanting to see more Puff Johnson as the season goes on. That'll do it for Weston Walker. Keep it right here for the Kyle Bailey Show, of course, alongside Smoke Ludwig It's Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.